Hello, everybody. We are a couple of annoying drunk boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons podcast. That's right. We are the podcast that explores the show The Simpsons from season 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, because we want to, and it's our right as people. But also, there are a lot of other podcasts that explore the golden age of The Simpsons at seasons uh, 10 and below. But I am half an annoyed current boy, Steve. But I am not very good, so I need help on this journey. So with me, as always, is my other half annoyed current boy, Craig. Craig, what's up? Hey, Steve. So it's uh, it's come to this now. You know the, the 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 famous dreams you have, like going to school and you're not wearing your clothes. Yeah. So uh, it's happened with me now, where I have had a dream and I'm going to the grocery store, and you know what I forgot? Oh no! I forgot my mask. Oh man! <laughs> this literally That's... happened last night. <laughs> so it's That's come to that. Yeah. And even though like a lot of stores are offering masks, but still, my my stupid brain didn't you know realize that in the dream. I mean. I have to like compliment you honestly because the fact that you're worried about being a good person and wearing your mask out in public and the fact that it's a fear for you to not have that means that you're a good person. Well, I was also naked in the dream, but that was okay. Oh, that's fine. If you're wearing um, a mask, I'll see your dong. That's <laughs> that's my rule. Isn't that what your mask says? Yep. <laughs> you can get that on uh, our, our tea public site, I think. <laughs> you Nothing can't mask my horniness. <laughs> Oh, we should start selling those kind of <laughs> has nothing to do with the Simpsons, but you know. Yeah, hey, um, speaking of the mask though, I was I saw an article on the internet. When I say I saw an article, it means I just read the headline and didn't bother reading it. It could have been an onion <laughs> thing, but I saw that uh teenagers were putting on makeup to and like wigs to make them look like old people and then putting the mask on to buy booze. And I thought that was uh I guess that's pretty genius. Yeah, that's pretty genius. If we were in high school at this time, do you think we would have thought of that? I wanna say yes, but probably not. We still have been like too afraid yeah like i don't get carded anymore wearing a mask but you know i have really long hair now and uh a, a giant beard but you know i mean sure like an 18 year old kid could have that too <laughs> yeah. maybe not the giant beard but i don't know i just do you do you get carded when you're wearing the mask or not really uh luckily i have the old uh chrome dome so for the most part people don't card me but it's weird because i card people now at work when i'm serving them drinks but it's kind of irrelevant because they have their mask on <laughs> so <laughs> like, it's really just about them willing to show me their id right especially when i go to the liquor store now it's it's so weird like wearing a mask like if i had done that you know this time last year i would the cops would have came and arrested me for wearing a mask in a liquor store. <laughs> we got some takeout breakfast burritos this morning and when i got in the car it felt like i got away with a crime it's like i put the loot down and i took off my mask and made it home <laughs> i know that's the way they're doing it at papa murphy's and if you don't know what that is it's a chain of uh take and bake pizza restaurants it actually originated in vancouver washington Steve, did you know that? I did know that. It's uh, it's weird because I always thought of it as a national chain. Yeah, but me too. I, I guess it's. I realize that it's not because I've heard other podcasts, one in particular, talk about it, and they're they seem so confused by it. But uh, it's a really good chain. I know. And the great thing now is because of like social distancing and interacting with people. It's they make your pizza and they put it on the rack, so you just walk in and be like, "I'm Craig. This is my pizza. Bye." <laughs> you just take it off oh, the rack and walk out. <laughs> Because uh, you already uh, pay online and everything. Yeah, as a yeah, so I'm introvert, <laughs> I, I could not love that more. 
And so like, you know, you're wearing a mask like, Haha, I robbed you guys. It's good to <laughs> just say like, I had an online order. That's me. Bye. Uh, I hope people don't do that, by the way. Don't do that. So my store has a deli, which people get food to go. Hot bar? And yes, some people will use Grubhub or Postmates. But there's a third contender in the home delivery food service called Caviar. Is it sponsored content, Steve? I assure you it's not. Oh. Uh, because the people that they hire are awful. Oh, no. Uh, we had a driver come in the other day. And so the layout of my store is I have my bar right when you walk in and the hot deli is in the back but they come up to me and they don't say words they just point to their phone where it says caviar and they don't say that they have an order they just point to their phone that says caviar so i have to point them to the deli and so this one guy who looked a lot like jonathan van ness but with a mask comes up to me and he points to his phone to caviar i point him there to the deli and he comes back up to me and goes are you buying it am i doing well in my role and i'm like i'm not sure what you're talking about there friend and he's like well then i guess we we have a tacit agreement and I don't play by your rules. And then he walked away and I have no idea what he's talking about. Turns out that the person he's picking up their food never got their food and he wasn't really a caviar driver. He just pulled up the app and said that he was and stole a bunch of food because he's really high. Oh, uh, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that, you know, we lost out on some money and that the customer didn't get their lunch. I mean, they eventually did, but it's also just really a weird thing to do. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're saying don't do that. Exactly. All right. Well, enough mass talk, Steve. Uh, let's try to get in the mindset of uh, this episode of The Simpsons we're watching. All righty. So we are talking about the time period of January 29th, 2006. Craig, what was the number one movie at that time? Let me think here. It's January 29th, 2006. Let me look at my uh, DVD collection here. Oh, it's at the top here. Um, oh, yeah. It would have had to be in uh, Big Mama's House 2. Much that... better than Big Mama's House 1, in my opinion. I was going to say, that sequel had it all. Like, everything that Big Mama's House missed, they covered <laughs> it in the second one. It was more poignant, too. Like, you walked away with more knowledge than you thought you would ever have or, yeah. ever, or ever need. Right. When Big Mama started farting, oh, man. Man, I really had to rethink my life. <laughs> All right. Well, how about uh, Steve? I never saw the Big Mama's franchise. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> it's, it's due for a reboot. Oh, yeah. Here's here's who I'm proposing. Okay. I think uh, Big Mama should be played by Billy Eichner. Ooh, that's fun. But I <laughs> like the idea of Billy Eichner play, being in a movie and playing like seven different roles, but every one of them is just Billy Eichner being Billy Eichner. Hey, Hollywood, get it done. Yeah. All right, Steve, you're the uh, audiophile on this podcast. That's right. What uh? What was the number one song of that week? Why, that was Grills with a Z by Nelly featuring Paul Wall, Ali, and Gip. From the chief I got a grill I call penny candy You know what that mean It look like nah Later some drops jelly beans I wouldn't leave it for nothing Only a crazy man would So if you catch me in your city Somewhere out in your hood Just say Smile for me daddy What you looking at Come on. Let me see your grill And let you see my butt Yeah, your grill Yeah, yeah, your grill Rob the jewelry store And tell them make me a grill She said Smile for me daddy Steve, was this the inspiration for you to get your grills? That's right, yes. I love barbecue. I enjoy like a nice burger or even some like grilled asparagus. So yeah, I got See, some grills. That's, that, that's, that's not what that's about. Uh, oh. It's grills with a Z at the end. I just thought that was a brand name or something. <sighs> um, yeah, I'm not too familiar with this song, Steve. Uh, there we go. I remember the work of Nelly. 
my favorite thing about Nelly is like in the past five years, he has taken one of his songs and turned it into a Honey Nut Cheerio uh, commercial. And instead of it being all about the money, it's all about the honey. Oh, I was going to try to guess. Oh, sorry. I thought it was all about the bumblebees. I mean, it is because, you know, they're important to our eco culture, but also it's about the honey because Honey Nut Cheerios, they make a solid cereal. Hey, you know, I got to say, Cheerios always comes out with like almost every week now a different flavor. Pumpkin spice. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably uh, jalapeno now. <laughs> but I got to say the classic Honey Nut is probably still the best of the uh, of the offshoots. In fact, I agree. Like, I think it's better, better than, than the OG. Original. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just to me, that just smells like babies. Yep. I could not agree with you. There, we have we talked a lot about our food opinions. <laughs> yeah, and the smell. one that absolutely yeah. I agree with is that Cheerios are for babies. Uh, and that smell is the worst Ugh, when yeah. someone's eating Cheerios. Yeah, It just reminds me of dirty baby fingers. Yep. <laughs> it's like grabbing at it and just like drool and just ugh, it's gross. I don't like children. All right. Well, since uh, you don't like children, let's uh, see what happens to... Uh, children that uh, misbehave that's great um it's a good segue uh so yeah we're talking about we're on the road to Dilware. so after bart steals a key from principal skinner's office and gets himself into hot water maybe a pun intended uh, marge and homer send him to a behavior modification modification camp all right steve let's uh let's go attend a behavioral modification camp and then come back and talk about this episode sounds good we'll be right back one white one yellow like fabulous chain and the other said the same got my name in the mold and the whole top diamond in the bottom And we're back. Today we're talking about We're on the Road to Dilware, the 11th episode of the 17th season. It originally aired on January 29th, 2006. It is episode 367 in the show's run. Your nerd code is H-A-B-F-O-4. It was written by Kevin Coran, directed by Nancy Cruz, and your showrunner is Al G. All right, Kevin Coran, we've already reviewed a couple episodes that he has penned. Uh, One being, of course, the greatest story ever told. Oh, right next on broomsticks oh yeah we like that one and um then uh, i guess this one so here we go hmm. uh, of course of course um he went to harvard steve sure and uh wrote for late night with david letterman and let's not forget some uh, uh married with children episodes because he Ooh. was also the voice of the uh, their dog buck yes buck, i remember yeah. us talking about this so there you go kevin cran and of course uh died october 25th 2016 and we always bring this up that he never got to experience the trump administration so he... lucky guy yep <laughs> um and this episode's title is the take on the 1985 talking head song road to nowhere it may also refer to the the famous series of Bob Hope Bing Crosby Road to Blank movies. This is at least the third time the Talking Heads have been referenced by The Simpsons, including Dude, Where's My Ranch? Which, do we talk about that one? Yes, we've reviewed that episode. That's right. Hey, we got a chalkboard gag that uh, Bart writes, teacher was not dumped, it was mutual. Uh-huh. So is that is that canon? Does that mean that uh, Skinner and Krabappel aren't together anymore in this timeline? Maybe she was seeing somebody else too. I mean, I don't think Krabappel's a kind of one woman or one man woman. <laughs> they were pretty exclusive. Yeah. It doesn't say which teacher either. Maybe... Uh, 
yeah, Miss Hoover was. But let's think about that. That if it is Krabappel, real quick. Yeah. That Bart made fun of Krabappel <laughs> for. Being, <laughs> you uh, got dumped. Right, and for personal reasons, she keeps Bart after school to write that. <laughs> hmm. It's kind of messed up. Yeah, it seems a little malicious. Yeah. All right. Well, was there a couch gag? There sure was. Um, in the parody of the series Bonanza, an illustrated map of Springfield goes up in flames to reveal the Simpsons family in Western garb and the top individual horses as the classic cowboy theme plays. Was that the first time? I feel like they've used this one before. Maybe it was just this Yeah, I think you might be right, actually. I think we have seen this one before. I know they used it again when I believe they surpassed the number of episodes that Bonanza had, which oh, would be I'd... about a little bit after this. But All right, well, I'm not going to bother looking it up. Yeah, me neither. So our episode proper begins at Springfield Elementary, where a lone male Simpson child, let's call him Bart, is headed to That's the good name. principal Skippiner, or Armin Tanzerian, outside of the uh, educator's office. We meet his assistant, Myra. Oh. Well, well, Bart Simpson in trouble again. School hasn't even started yet. What can I say? I missed you, Myra. How's things with you and Frank? That bum. He says his divorce will be final next week. So why is she pregnant again? Ouch. You hang in there, beautiful. So where's the skin man? He's out admiring his new car. Ah, 1995. A fine year for Camrys. No one would ever guess you spent three months in a lake. Hey, Steve, I had a 1998 Camry. Oh, impressive. Until it exploded. Do you remember <laughs> that? I do, yes. A <laughs> uh, quick uh, side note. Steve and I were traveling to the uh, coast. God, I don't know how many years ago this was. Almost more than 10, right? Yeah. And I was driving a 98 Camry, and we we're trying to get up a hill and pass <laughs> someone. And we made the uh, joke from Spaceballs. I'm like, I'm going ludicrous speed. I slam on the gas. And all of a sudden, we hear like a explosion. And then my engine is just smoking. And we pull over. And yeah, my engine's on fire. <laughs> and these Australian guys pull over the side of the road. And they had a fire extinguisher, luckily, to put out the fire. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, you might. It was crazy. We saw flames coming out your tailpipe. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's our fun story. So we, we were stra stranded halfway to the uh, coast. And uh, oh, do you want to like... tell the worst part? Yeah. So we get towed into the into the coastal town and we are waiting for our ride to pick us up from Portland. So that's like another, eh, it's another hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And so like, well, what do we do while we wait for our ride? Well, let's go get a drink. So uh, we go to the bar and... Uh, guess who forgot their id that was me so steve uh we couldn't drink at that bar so we had to like, just go into like a restaurant where i got a drink and steve i got it. a sodi pop anyway um in that clip we did meet myra who is seymour skinner's secretary this is her first appearance in the show and she sounds kind of like a uh, lunch lady doris but isn't because that actress passed so yeah she comes back essentially then or i, I do believe she makes a couple more appearances yeah all right i have another fun little trivia here steve you know skinner's Ooh. car scene is a pre-owned toto can Camry, mm -hmm. which uh, Skinner quotes that it's the 1995, which is good for Camry models, even though its car spent three months in the lake. Um, it's never again seen, though, Steve, after this episode. And according to the episode guide, it says that the steam leak destroyed it with the school. Huh. Oh, so is that maybe a deleted scene? Could be, yeah. Maybe it's uh, <laughs> maybe they just cut it off screen because <laughs> they like to do stuff off screen on the show. Exactly. The, the, the based on the reviews. So with Armin Tanzarian uh, distracted, Bart rifles through his desk. Inside, he finds Seymour's diary, his roller skate dance contest submission tape, and in a third drawer, 
a key that leads to the school steam tunnel. So do you think Bart made the right choice because we got the uh, diary or the skate dance contest tape? What would you what would you pick? I think as an adult, we don't really care about the steam tunnel. So no, yeah, I guess you go with the the diary because I mean you could use the the tape for a laugh and then maybe to blackmail him, right? Or but just you like could broadcast also do that it. With the, right? But you could also do that with the diary because you could probably learn secrets and you have more content right there. Exactly. All right. So Bart, you made a mistake. You should have gone with the diary. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, speaking of Bart, he thanks his Lord Satan and uh, grabs Millhouse to become those kids who got into the steam tunnels. And Bart warns his uh, sidekick there that they. They're going to get in trouble, but you know, good old mailhouse isn't concerned. Is uh, trouble is a form of attention which he so desperately needs. <laughs> it's true. Uh, concurrently, Homer is at most enjoying a beer with Lenny, Carl, and Barney. The eponymous bar owner has a surprise for his patrons. Gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. I'm renting a party bus and taking all you regulars to Las Vegas. Nevada? That's right. But why are you being so generous? You're usually so stingy and rat-like. Yeah, well, you remember that time I tried to hang myself and a rope broke? Well, I sued the rope company and I got a huge settlement. And the new rope. Wow. Hey, nice rope. You could hang a cow with that thing. Why do you want to hang a cow? <laughs> I, I don't know. And honestly, you'd have to find a really strong tree because cows are heavy. Hey, props to Lenny with uh, two two pretty funny retorts. And this, this yeah, is I like. Uh, <laughs> I was like uh, to Vegas uh, or Las Vegas, and he's like Nevada. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, so back with Barton Millhouse, the boys reveal, or revel rather, at the wonder that is the steam tunnel. It's as if they're in the school's lymphatic system, and they're the lymphs. Bart sees a crack in a wall, and upon peeking, witnesses something his father had told him about, and one can't believe it until you actually see it, though. It's the cafeteria loading dock. So this is obviously a uh, takeoff of the movie Porky's. Oh, yes. Which is kind of funny when you think about it, like, so Homer was saying... Hey, boy. <laughs> yeah, because you imagine that conversation. Like, <laughs> he's like, they bring food in, and then sometimes you find out what you're going to eat. Because Homer loves food. It's true. He, he's an eater. Very wholesome scene. Yeah. So, yes, the boys learn they have pizza the next day, and Millhouse wisely commits to having a smaller breakfast. And Bart and, yeah, and Bart and Millhouse uh, explore deeper, ending up in the valve room. And now they can leave without touching a valve. And what a tale that'll be, Steve. Unless, of course, they turn one little valve. I mean, you wouldn't go to Amsterdam and not take a walking tour of famous doors. So Bart turns a tiny red valve. This causes steam to go up the pipe to a larger valve. And then yet a larger valve. And then several more valves. Soon... All the valves are spinning. Steam is starting to burst from the boiler. So, I mean, if you just go to Amsterdam, that's all you do, right? Is There's nothing else to do. It's just uh, the famous doors. I think there's a, another thing about, like, home installation, because I know that they have a door section, and then there's some sort of light section, too. So, <laughs> I'm guessing home Amsterdam is just, like, one big Home Depot. Yeah. Steve, the only famous doors I know are Ray Manzanerik, John <laughs> Densmore, and uh, I forgot the other one. Oh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Robbie Krieger. <laughs> <laughs> Principal Skinner, while walking the halls of school, notices something amiss. Hmm, that's odd. They only turn the heat on for parents' night. What the F minus? Steve! I know you said steam, but it sounded like Steve. That's what I heard, too. 
Oh, you're just full of yourself now. All right, full of hot air, much like those valves. Uh, so as Mrs. Krabappel, or Miss Krabappel, teaches the children about the uneventful nature of Grover Cleveland's second term, steam shoots out of the classroom's heater, causing Martin to get a sporty, to sport a fizzy afro. Nelson assumes that his future husband is a new kid <laughs> and pounds him hard into the ground. Nelson just wants to fist Martin. Exactly. So if this is your first time listening to this podcast, uh, Steve <laughs> and I have created the past you know, a few episodes that uh, in the future, Nelson and Martin will become partners in yeah. love and life. And maybe business too. We sure. don't know. Well, in a nearby uh, science classroom, the steam emitted causes the frogs that were all ready for a dissection to come back to life. And after one of the amphibian ribbits, get them. The frogs attack the students. Yeah, and like in that scene, the teacher just kind of writes today, dissection. And the kids look at it and they're like, oh, okay. Like the teacher didn't like teach them anything. They were just like, today, this is what we're doing. And the kids just see it and like, oh, okay, let's uh, just cut up these frogs. I'll assume that uh, when we had to dissect things, uh, which I think we only did cow, I, oh, and pig fetus. It was like a week of prep of like, here's what you're going to be doing, doing this. And then like on the day, it yeah. was dissection day. Anyways, uh, Steve, we have a blunder. Uh-oh, a blunder. Yeah. Science classes dissect dead frogs, not live ones. Oh, boy. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Meanwhile, in the band room, the children are practicing the Kingsman hit song, Louie Louie, which was also played in Kill the Alligator and Run, the Florida episode. Uh, once again, the steam attacks, this time rusting the children's instruments, forcing them to go acapella. <sighs> Steve, there's another blunder. Another blunder? Yeah, so Lisa claims that the school orchestra's instruments are rusting and seeing that the damage that the steam does to her saxophone. And rusting can only happen to iron alloys, which oh. instruments such as saxophones do not contain. Oh, boy. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> Even Willie falls victim to those loose valves. I feel like I've never said valve more than I have in the past <laughs> 20 minutes. Uh, so Willie falls victim to the loose valves as he receives a mouthful of piping hot steam from the water fountain, not once, but twice. And as he goes to the soda machine for respite, he gets another hot facial of hot air. We all love a nice hot facial. Who doesn't? Um, Skinner uh, surveys the damage to the school and finds that the school is more buckled than a pilgrim's hat. Oh. Yeah, who could we be responsible for this? Hmm. Who indeed? Hmm. Well, then we see our good old hooligans, Bart and Milhouse, appear. They from a vent and laughing their little asses off, but Bart offers to turn Milhouse in for a plea bargain. Skinner, much like Milhouse's parents, at his custody hearing, they do not want Milhouse. I like that. I thought it was... There's another uh, defacing Millhouse moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bart tries to get help from uh, Secretary Myra, but because the steam turned her for sandwich into a ham and cheese car crash, Bart has lost an ally. Uh, because of the severity of Bart's shenanigans, Principal Skinner is once upon called his boss for some assistance. I don't want Millhouse. Sounds like my parents' custody hearing. Myra, can you help me out here? Forget it. This used to be a sandwich. Now it's a ham and cheese car crash. Yes, thank you, Myra. To highlight the seriousness of Bart's offense, Superintendent Chalmers will be joining us by video uplink. And joining me by video uplink, State Comptroller Atkins. Can we move this along? I'm attending an important conference here in Scottsdale. You're in Scottsdale? I'm in Scottsdale at the Hyatt, room 381. Get out of here. I'm in 502. Hey, do you guys have any ice buckets down there? No, we've been using shower caps. Skinner! <laughs> <laughs> you made that TV show really mad. Yes, well, you won't think it's so funny when we send Bart here. Upward band. 
the toughest behavioral modification camp in Northwest Oregon. It's the only place cruel enough to straighten Bart out. They use a proven concept, tough hate, to turn around foul-mouthed hooligans. Then they send them home, quietly ticking away. Hmm, this camp's got it all. Climbing some kind of rope thing, wearing a backpack, high-fiving the black kid. It's the perfect thing to straighten you out. Got it. Now I have a ringtone for my brand new cell phone. No wires at all. Except this one. Well, a lot of a, to unpack in that clip, Steve. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a lengthy clip, but I do like, you know, how uh, Principal Skinner and Super Nintendo Chalmers, you know, they're kind of doing what we're doing. They're just on Zoom trying to figure it out. <laughs> Zoom before Zoom. Yeah. And uh, State Comp Controller Atkins. He's only been in a handful of episodes. Yeah. Especially the one the where one... the Armin Tanzerian episode. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Oregon. Yeah. Is this the first time Oregon's been mentioned on The Simpsons? Probably not, but... Okay. <laughs> uh, this is probably the time, the first time the Simpsons are going to Oregon. Hey, they didn't get to say it, but I it know. was not the whole Simpsons. It's just Barton. What's his dad's name again? Homer. Homer. Yeah. Yeah. I do like Homer's perception of the camp being like climbing a thing, high-fiving a black kid. <laughs> like, cool. Well, it's, uh, you know, also parodying every brochure ever. Like, yeah. you ever like had like college campuses? Like brochures are very diverse. One of my favorite, uh, when I was doing improv, one of my favorite team names was called Campus Brochure. And it was like, a, the team was made up of women and people of color exclusively. And like one white guy. <laughs> so to, to call themselves Campus Brochure, when you you have a really dumb name for an improv team. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Which is funny because most improv groups are middle-aged, fat white dudes. Yes. As a, not quite middle-aged. Eh, whatever, I'll probably die. Here's hoping. It's, it's a lot of fat white guys. Well, uh, speaking of fat white guys, back at Moe's, Moe's not fat. Uh, the Barflies are preparing for their trip to Vegas with Lenny turning the sign on the party bus from Vegas or bust to the uh, partially risque Vegas or busts. Oh. Yeah, Homer drives by to tell his friends that uh, he's got to drop Bart off at Soul Crushing Camp before heading to the Sin City. So uh, Bart again tries to bargain, offering Homer how to cheat at Blackjack. But Homer explains that he doesn't need to cheat as he has a great system, not telling Marge how much money he lost. So they're at the airport now, and Bart's supposed to hop on a flight to Portland. Hey, that's us. Hey, yeah. Are you going to pick him up? Oh, uh, he can take an Uber. Okay, uh, but we learned that Bart is uh, on the no-fly list. Evidently, the last time he flew unescorted to Atlanta, and he took off his seatbelt, causing the whole flight to turn around and head back to Minneapolis, and the pilot was very tired. Uh, it seems as though Bart can't go to his camp, unless... Well, Homer, looks like I can't go to discipline camp, which is too bad, because I think this was the thing that would finally straighten me out. Oh, yeah? You're going to that camp, because I'm going to drive you there. Oh, yeah, that'll be way more fun than Vegas. Oh, dang, Homer ain't coming. <laughs> and Nelson saw something funny. Our second act begins with Homer driving sporadically, leaving Springfield, the land of Millhouse. I love that sign. He is upset that Bart is forcing him to drive to Oregon, home of unspoiled forests and the birthplace of Matt Groening. Great, Groening. So it's funny because uh, Homer refers to Oregon as the birthplace as Matt Groening. 
but he mispronounces the show's name he says, as groaning. But uh, according to, you know, um, the Simpsons, 138th Simpsons, po- nope, the 138th <laughs> episode spectacular is pronounced graining. Obviously, that was on purpose. Yeah, I think it's because his name is spelled like groaning, mm-hmm. but it's pronounced graining. What if, like, it was a mistake? <laughs> like, Dan didn't even, it's like, who is Matt? Who's this guy? <laughs> Matt groaning. No, don't know him. Nope. <laughs> Bart asks his father why he's doing this. And uh, where's the old carefree Homer who likes to cut loose? Uh, the Harry father explains that serious Homer's locked up fun Homer until Bart uh, is at his uh, snooty torture camp. Bart calls to a fun Homer to fight back. We'll be cut inside Homer's head where serious Homer, dressed as classic monorail Homer, is brandishing a laser rifle and has fun Homer trapped in an energy cage rings, much like General Zod in Superman 2. Uh, and fun Homer has a great outfit of a color beanie, rainbow suspenders, tie-dye pants, flip-flops, and even a martini for good measure. That's exactly what I'm wearing right now. That's the classic Craig look. Well, Fun Homer suggests that uh, he be let free so he can get a monkey drunk and push him down the stairs. But Serious Homer strikes Fun Homer with the butt of his rifle and threatens to kill his carefree persona, much like uh, he killed Intellectual Homer. We then see the bloody corpse of the uh, collegiate version of Homer. Intellectual Homer, who has been killed by Serious Homer, has written on the floor in his own blood, Autogeny recapulates Phylogeny, which is, as I'm sure you know, Craig, is the famous statement by Ernst Haeckel's recapitulation of theory about the similarity of the embryonic development of organisms to its evolutionary history. Ironically, as we all know, it has been debunked as a scientific principle. Presumably, Intellectual Homer wrote this before it was debunked, a testament to how long he had been dead. Hmm. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. It was a, a trivia and a blunder. That's right. Well, Steve, that's all well and good. And uh, But what are the female half of the Simpsons clan? What are they up to? Hmm. Well, since the boys are gone, Marge plans on selling some useless junk and replace it with knickknacks and curios. Mmm, curios. Mm. <laughs> uh, Lisa has even made a bilingual yard sign. Nice. Uh, Marge, digging through old stuff, comes across every book report Homer has ever written, and every one was written about Stuart Little. Um, Homer has even made a PowerPoint demonstration last week entitled Mice and Cars, How Big a Threat. I like Hey, it's funny because we talked about, was it last podcast or maybe a couple podcasts ago about uh, book reports? That's right. We we did uh, the same book report every year. That's right. Me with Fried Worms, you with Jurassic Park. (laughs) Exactly. And then you did a Superman one, right? Right. Because I read the comics. Uh, So Lisa perusing her brother's junk, not that junk, Steve, (laughs) (laughs) dismisses his slingshot and uh, toy bunny and discovers a bag of Malibu Stacy heads. And she's uh, blamed the dog the whole time. And so Lisa is sad so that she didn't pet him for weeks. And when she apologized to Santa's little helper, she receives a dismissive bark. Uh Oh, Craig, I've got a dismissive bark of my own because I find a blunder. Oh, no. Lisa already knew that it was Bart and not the dog who cut off her doll's head as revealed in Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. No house doesn't live here anymore. And even actually in Lisa on ice. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Well, back on the road, we get Homer and Bart and they drive him by uh, Mount Rushmore, which is just 20 feet out of their way. Homer decides to skip it. I think uh, Trump was uh, speaking at that time. <laughs> but uh, Bart, who's also a MAGA guy, pleads with his father to be nicer to him. And uh, Homer states that Bart should clean up his act. Come on, Dad, we got a long way to go. You can't stay mad at me the whole time. Boy, if you were half as smart as you think you are, you'd clean up your act. Well, maybe pulling pranks is the only thing I'm good at. At least you have something you're good at. I'm 38 years old driving a crappy car with a son who doesn't respect me, and I'm one Snickers pie away from losing my foot to diabetes. Mm. 
Snickers pie. Uh oh, Steve, you, your face looks like you're upset about something. I've got a boner. Oh no. Well, and I've got a blender that. too. So in this episode, Homer tells Bart that he's 38. This is not possible. As Bart is 10 and Homer was a senior in high school and Mark became pregnant with Bart. Therefore, Homer could not be older than 28 or 29. Now, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. They they mess with the timeline all the time. So there's a lot of time that has passed and it's flexible. So I'll allow it. Oh, well, there's still the age debate too. Well, it is, he is 39, but remember for a while he's was 36 or yeah. Like in the first couple seasons, right? Yeah. In my head, he's always 38. And even though the whole uh, high school thing doesn't really work out, but it's fine. But to me, he's always 38 and 239, which is an okay thing to be. Oh, yeah. Because that's that's you. I mean, I, I'm rocking a solid 225. but yeah. And he'll be 39 later. That's right. How do you feel about a Snickers pie? Sounds great to me. Yeah. I've said it before. I think Snickers is definitely on the top five candy bars, at least. Yeah, it's it's a solid bar. There's a lot going on there. It's good. Uh, it's all about the take five these days. That's right. And well, always uh, peanut butter cup. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that's number one. Yeah. Uh, so the Simpsons men pull into a local diner, Scobos, where they see another father-son team on the road. What boy prison are you taking him to? Actually, Justin and I are going to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Sir Peter Hall himself is directing. See, Bart, I told you things could be worse. I'm getting a sweatshirt with Shakespeare's face on it. Well, we better get back to the Prius, son. Uh, don't forget the menu for our scrapbook. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? They were eating melon for breakfast. <laughs> Look at me! I use a napkin. <laughs> oh, well, Dad, we may not always get along, but we'll never be that lame. I bet they're from Massachusetts. You know, it's legal there for a guy to marry his son. <laughs> Well, I guess it's tinkle time. Oh, don't forget to wash your hands, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> so, here for a snack before they roll you back into the ocean? Yeah, I'll have the smiley face breakfast special. Uh, but could you add a bacon nose, plus bacon hair, bacon mustache, five o'clock shadow made of bacon bits, and a bacon body? How about if I just shoved a pig down your throat? Huh? I'm kidding. Fine, but the bacon man lives in a bacon house. No, he doesn't. Hey, they mentioned uh, Sir Peter Hall, Steve. I'll have you know oh. that the uh, the Times declared him the most important figure in British theater for half a century on his death. Wow, that's uh, yeah. interesting. I did not know that. He died September 11th. Never forget. Uh, 2017, sorry. Oh, still. Hall introduced London audiences to the work of Samuel Beckett, Ooh. who uh, would later go on Quantum Leaping. I was say, yeah. Playwright and time traveler yeah. Samuel Beckett. Um, but with the following... Uh, he, they introduced Sam Beckett's uh, with the UK premiere of Sam Beckett's Waiting for Godot because we all know Sam Beckett was a huge fan of uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, that's your Peter Hall, Sam Ewell Beckett second. Uh, that's, a, that's a nice sandwich of fun right there. All right. But uh, man, that uh, the interaction with Homer and, and the waitress. <laughs> yeah. 
I love her sass. Such a good sass. Um, also, it happened earlier in the episode when um, they're in Skinner's office, but when Bart and Homer laugh together, it's it's sweet. Like before, they were laughing about um, just the TV show making Skinner making the TV show mad, and then them laughing at the uh, Wiener Kid and his dad. I don't know. I just think it's sweet when they share a moment like that. <laughs> like that calls it him a little shake or Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> <your> hand, Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Homer is enjoying his last bites of his meal and realizes Bart would really enjoy this place, but uh, and then dawns on him that. Bart is missing. So he goes to the uh, men's room and sees an open window and it pops through his head through the window calling for his son. So Bart, who is hiding in a nearby stall, sneaks out, but not before telling line cook Stavros that someone is trying to dine in death. But because no one d- dashy dines on Stavros, the cook busts into the bathroom to find Homer stuck in the window. The cook hits Homer's butt repeatedly with a frying pan. As Homer prays to uh, leave his ass, Bart makes his getaway on foot. We then head back to 742 to Evergreen Terrace, which the yard sale is underway, and no looky lose allowed. Hmm, let me get this straight. I get all of Bart's action figures, Homer's treasured Mr. Plow jacket, and these Power Ranger underoos, which I'm already wearing, for only $3.95. That's right. Give me five minutes alone with your fridge, and you have a deal. Mm-hmm. Fine. We've only brought in $5, and that came from Mr. Flanders buying back his own stuff. <gasps> my LP of dream coat? How I love my coat of many colors. It was red and yellow and green and brown and scarlet and black and ochre and peach and ruby and olive and violet and... And lilac and gold and chocolate and mauve and cream and crimson and silver and rose and azure and lemon and russet and gray and gold. And purple and white and pink and orange and red and yellow and green and brown, scarlet and black and ochre and peach. My yard sale is a failure. I guess I'll have to give everything to the Salvation Army. We don't want it. And then, obviously, the Flanders song is from the Andrew Lloyd Webber hit musical, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. So just then, we get uh, Auto Man. Uh, he's digging through a box where he finds... Dexonum. Somnodose. And Percolax. Uh, so, yep, it's Homer's expired pain medications. Then they're up for grabs. And Otto has uh, lots of pain, Steve, So he's because mm. he's breaking a new pair of flip-flops, and his thong notch is on fire. Woo! He's even willing to pay $1 per pill. Drugs in a bottle, Steve. He's just like... Elvis Presley. Wow. So other Springfieldians take to the yard slash drug sale, including Cletus, the slack-jawed yokel. Snake Jailbird, the snaky jailbird. Dr. Nick. Uh, Kearney, who, if you look at it, looks way bigger than Dr. Nick. Um, we get Birch Barlow, the parody of uh, opiate-addicted yep. Rush Limbaugh. And Disco Stew, who might just really like our, uh, yard sales, because that's where we met him first in Two Bad Neighbors. So I don't think he's in it for the drugs. I just think he loves big shopping. You know, because a lot of people are selling their old 70s stuff still, you know? Exactly. Let me ask you, Craig, would you go to a garage sale today? No, no, I haven't, no. We used to go to state yeah. sell shopping. Mm-hmm. store shopping we haven't done that since uh since the uh, pandemic started exactly i was thinking about it because i know that you like to do a lot of estate sale and i like a garage sale or an estate sale as well but i see signs now in my neighborhood of people having garage sales and I'm like what are you doing man just yeah. nobody nobody wants anyway so snake uh says that it's so much easier buying drugs on the playground and you get the option of bag or keister 
which is interesting because it suggests that Marge will either give you a bag of drugs or shove them up your keister. She literally will offer to shove drugs up your ass. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> for a dollar, you know. <laughs> yeah, very weird. Um, Marge has uh, one more customer who may be shopping for a friend or a friend trapped inside of another friend, Steve. Hmm. Um, I'll take all your estrogen. That's a female replacement hormone. Uh-huh. It's for a friend uh, who's trapped in the body of another friend. <gasps> so why does Homer or Marge just have so much estrogen that they're keeping around? Well, Steve, the medication is a female hormone, and it is used by women to help reduce symptoms of menopause, such as hot flashes or vaginal dryness. These, oh. Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> These symptoms are caused by the body making less estrogen, so certain estrogen products may also be used by women after menopause to prevent bone loss. So uh, that's that's probably what it is. Maybe uh, Marge is, uh, maybe she's going through early menopause. So, so she's dry. Maybe Marge thought uh, she needed some estrogen pills, and that's why, uh, and it turns out it was all in her mind, and so she never took them anymore and uh, decided to sell them. Well, there was that Here's one time mind. when uh, Grandpa was taking a drug, and he grew boobs. There you go. And so, yeah, there it is. So it uh, was Grandpa's all along. So let's go back to, uh, let's go back to the boys, Steve. So uh, on the road, Homer calls Lenny to see how Vegas is treating him, and uh, Lenny, he tries to downplay the fun he's having, but finds it's difficult with his two attractive uh, showgirls there, and they're on top of an elephant riding a roller coaster into a giant slot machine that's paying out. And so uh, Lenny can't talk now because he's too busy being satisfied in every single way. Ooh. Steve, I've never been to Vegas, but uh, I really want to ride that elephant on a roller coaster. Yeah, I when I went, I missed that. Um, all I did was play slots and watched uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy theater for some reason. Sounds exciting, Steve. Homer laments the fun he's missing, but then he sees a hitchhiker with a sign that reads, Marine Home for Christmas. Why? It's part. Homer drives by laughing, knowing that he's got his Sun now. But then he slams into a road barrier and is uh, hanging off a cliff in his car. Just then, the service engine soon light comes on. So the car is uh, tipping back and forth, and Bart comes up behind the car to possibly rescue his father. <gasps> oh, boy! Push down on the bumper! Then I can back the car up and save myself! Hmm. If I save you, what are you gonna do to me? Shower you with love, because this experience has taught me just how precious you are. I'll kill you! I'll kill your whole family! Kidding! I'm kidding! We can do that. We have a special friendship. I'm gonna double kill you! Then I'm gonna bury you in a shallow grave! Then I'll dig you up and kill you again! That's the beauty of a shallow grave! You sweet little angel! Oh, I'm gonna rip your head off and spit down your adorable little neck because I wanna smash your little stupid head! Oh, but I love you. We'll go on a fishing trip. But first, I'm gonna put you on a sawmill. Then punch your little face out. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a great tirade of uh, Homer. That punch your little face. <laughs> Very violent. I, Homer does need help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the beginning, too, he's like, I'll murder your whole family. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tear up your neck and spit in it. <laughs> At home, uh, Marge is counting her newly earned drug money when the doorbell rings. It's Jimbo here for the, uh, you know, yard sale. Marge explains that the yard sale was yesterday and that she is not a drug grocer. Then she gets a knock on the door. I'm out of drugs. See how much money I made? <gasps> Chief Wiggum, uh, are you still with the police department? Save it, my pedal. My pedal? It's a reference to Mark Kettle, the popular movie character from the 40s. You have to explain it. It's not good, Chief. 
I love the uh, <laughs> see how much money I made. Uh, Marge is a drug dealer. It's true. And I also like the exchange of uh, Lou and uh, Wigum. Yeah. Having to explain a joke. Which uh, uh, I feel like I have to do that all the time. Which we do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the time. But uh, so I guess um, Marge is arrested. Yeah. So back to the boys, Steve. We get Homer praising his son Bart for making the right choice and hopes for a newer, closer relationship with his, with his son. And it's revealed that Bart is bound in the passenger seat with a bunch of duct tape and chains. And uh, Bart feels his dad's enjoying seeing him suffer. <laughs> well, Homer explains that being a father is a job. You get long hours, no pay, and at the end, all you get is someone yelling, you screwed me up. Homer then tapes Bart's mouth shut. Well, they finally arrive to the uh, upward bound camp where they meet what Homer believes is a colonel. Don't worry, Mr. Simpson. We're going to take his sass and turn it into sis. Thank you, colonel. I'm not a colonel. This is a Boy Scout uniform that I dolled up. Come with me, son. Now kiss your childhood goodbye. I like that guy. I think it's the the phrasing too of uh, Boy Scout uniform. I dolled up. Yeah, <laughs> and to go from sass to sis. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so Homer sadly drives away, looking at his son, forlorn. He accidentally runs into a cabin, which is the birthplace of Mac Ronings. He's back on the road, just a mere one thousand one hundred and fifty-one miles to Las Vegas. Uh, did you do the mileage of that? That's not how far Vegas is from somewhere in, even in Oregon, right? No, I, I I thought about doing it and. And I didn't do the work, but let yeah. me check it out real quick here. So it seems kind of far because, like, you can get to Vegas from Portland. You can there, like, it is like a two day trip, but but you could get there in like less than 24 hours. I'm assuming. Well, no, maybe it is. It would be, yeah, it'd be like a two day trip. Yeah, let's see. So from my house, it won't be the address. It's one, two, three, four fake streets, everyone. It's a 15, almost a 16 hour drive. Okay. And what's the mileage total? Uh, 975 miles. So, and, 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 theoretically too where homer took if i'm thinking oregon i think they're more in the southern part yeah which oregon. would be closer so when the kids were or that other family at the diner were talking about going to the shakespeare festival which is actually a very popular thing in ashland oregon mm-hmm. that happens every summer maybe not this summer that uh uh that's in, that's in the southern part of oregon pretty much close to the uh northern tip of uh, uh california right and that's a 12-hour drive to vegas which is just 728 miles so uh unless he's like literally at the top i mean that could also be uh in the farthermost point of northwest oregon but that's only about again like about an hour and a half from where you put your (laughs) from your house to yeah i'm i'm looking at like astoria which would be really like probably that's that's the point yeah that's the most northwestern tip and that's uh 1058 miles so they're just off by 100 you know what we say about that steve boy i really hope somebody got fired for that blunder I'm also like how when they drives away, uh, that Matt Grain's um, house looks like an old uh, pioneer yeah. house, <laughs> and the sign with the bunnies on it from Life yeah. in Hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Homer imagines being uh, a high roller at the casinos, decked out with a tux and surrounded by ladies. And at the blackjack table, the Jack of Diamonds turns into Bart, saying, "I miss you, Dad." Then oh. the uh, cocktail waitress with Bart's head <laughs> sexually asks Homer to eat their shorts, <laughs> and uh, Homer runs out of the. Imaginary casino to see a marquee that reads Bert Bacharach, but in Homer's mind, it quickly turns to Bart 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 Bart. Bart. <laughs> Even the fountain display has turned into the spiky-haired boy asking Homer not to gamble on his love. Uh, so the last time we saw Homer imagining Bart as a woman was in Skinner's Sent the Snow, which is an episode that we reviewed but don't have because it's one of the lost ones. Oh yeah, maybe people don't know about that, but that uh, image of <laughs> which I have here right in the notes, you can see of, of Bart. <laughs> 
as a female cocktail waitress. Okay. Very that's disturbing though. <laughs> uh, so Homer returns from his fantasy, missing his son, maybe a little horny. Um, he turns around and saves Bart from the awful camp, but he gets turned around in a roundabout, accidentally heads back to Vegas. Another U-turn, and it's off to save Bart. It did look really cool though, you know, the animation. Yeah, especially above. from above. Yeah. Hey Steve, I think I have a blunder here. Uh oh. So uh, Homer decides to get uh, to go back to get Bart, and he enters the overpass from the bottom of the screen. He, yet exits from the top and the sign still says heading to Las Vegas. Uh-oh. Hey, we're going to annoy everyone with this again. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Back at the camp, uh, Bart has made some progress. I've learned so much in my three hours here. I don't have to play pranks to feel good. I can just listen to the gentle rhythms of nature. Stupid horse! It's a deer crossing! Wipe the blood off the windshield and get in the car, boy. Dad? Son, I'm doing something I should have done a long time ago. Taking you to Vegas! I'm gonna order steak dinner and eat it on the toilet. And don't you try to stop us. Actually, we were gonna call you, Mr. Simpson. Your credit card was declined. Try this one! I'm in jail, and I need $10,000 bail. Hurry! Uh, Marge, me and Bart got in a fight with this really uncool pit boss, and now we're in Nevada State Prison. Also, I don't know where Bart is. If you see him, say hey! Uh, well, Maggie, I always knew it would someday boil down to just you and me. I'll look for work in the morning. And uh, that's the episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What a weird way to end it, right? Yeah. Everybody's in prison and Lisa's on her own. It was very abrupt. I do like how Homer was like, uh, stupid horse, that's deer crossing. <laughs> Bart, wipe up the blood and let's get going. <laughs> yeah. ah, that's a good line. <sighs> what a weird way to end the episode. But, you know, sometimes they do that kind of things. And uh, I don't know. Do, do we like that? I think we should find out by uh, yeah. first taking a break, though. How about that? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. And that's that. Another story in the classic, infallible three-act structure. Good enough for Aristotle, good enough for the Simpsons. All right, we're back. Steve, let's wrap up this week's episode, and we'll uh, tell you how we felt about this episode. But before we do that, let's talk about the fun things, like some visual gags that uh, we would either want on a T-shirt or maybe a tattoo, uh, some of our favorite quotes, and um, maybe an external review, and then our review. How about that? Sounds great. All right. Well, Steve, how about visual gags? What do you got for me? Oh, um, I think there were a good handful of visual gags. Of course, there was Bart as the cocktail waitress, and I did like the drawing of Millhouse on the sign, but I think my favorite visual gag, Marge is talking about Homer's book reports, and she mentions the uh, PowerPoint presentation, and she talks about the presentation they made that says, mice and cars, how big a threat? And then it shows Stuart Little driving around in a little red coupe away from the nuclear power plank. <laughs> I just like that image a lot. That was one of my my favorite ones, too. And again, Bart visualized as the uh, cocktail waitress. <laughs> it was disturbing, but I could see someone on the, the uh, Simpsons shitty tattoos getting that as a tattoo. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine what like deviant art might do with that. Right. But um, as one of the few products we have on our T Public site, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grant boys, mm-hmm. um, we have a, a welcome to Springfield sign as a shirt. 
feel like we have to make another shirt with a you're now leaving Springfield land of Millhouse. <laughs> and I no. like it too because it's almost like um Millhouse did that himself. <laughs> he wouldn't yeah. have the balls to to vandalize but if you look at the drawing of of Millhouse it looks very crude. I just like uh, Springfield land of Millhouse. <laughs> that was a great visual gag. Uh how about uh quotes? I think, you know, it seems obvious, but I got to give it to Homer. He just had a lot of fun lines in this episode. Um, I mean, Lenny had a lot of fun stuff, too. I think he'd be my, like, secondary MBJ, but I think I have to give my MBJ to Homer for two reasons. Uh, one, the rant when when he's in the car hanging over the cliff and vacillating between giving his son, you know, a fishing trip and loving him so much and then killing his whole family. <laughs> um, but I think my favorite thing is at the very end when... <laughs> stupid horse that's a deer crossing son wipe up the blood we gotta go it's just so dark but so funny so yeah that's my favorite line Joke. what yeah. about you homer you're right lenny and carl had some great uh great little one-liners but homer in this episode very dark and we've had a lot of dumb homer things but the darkness is is pretty fun to have and it's kind of fun having the classic bart and homer bart being a hellion and you know homer trying to wrangle his kid i know this is my review yet but i think for my favorites i love the uh i think i said in the episode too the the, the bacon bit mm, bacon bits, bacon bits. Um, <laughs> uh, with the waitress uh that was part Ooh, of one of their scenes so that's really good the waitress is really good in that like yeah how about i just shove a whole pig down your throat <laughs> and the look on homer's face is like wait you could do that <laughs> So um, I'm going for that whole bacon bit. The That was great. So that's my quote scene. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on to uh, some reviews here, Steve. I think we got uh, an external review or two. Yeah, I think we've got two. Um, I'll start with this one. Is it a uh, negative, Steve? It is. Okay. It is by Dark Drapion 57 on October 19, 2011. So that was several years after this uh, episode aired. They give it a one star. Clearly the worst episode of all time. And by the way, I don't care if anyone criticizes this review. All right. That's us. Here we go. The decaying ruins of the classic Simpsons sitcom somehow managed to spawn another episode that people all like. Well, I hate it with a grudge. I mean, what is the point of it? We've all seen it before. And it basically portrays Bart as the victim in need of a I mean, they're clearly making Homer the enemy here when he has done nothing wrong whatsoever. Even when Homer got him out of Brat Camp, Bart frames him. And it was Bart who messed with the steam valve in the first place. So Bart does deserve Brat Camp no matter what. However, the writers make it look like Bart has done nothing wrong and in need of attention. Here's how it goes. Bart messes with the steam valves underneath the school. He sends steam everywhere, almost killing everyone. Bart is sentenced to go to Brat Camp. Brat Camp's not a thing. He keeps on saying Brat Camp like it's a thing. It's not a thing. Homer has to give up a Las Vegas trip to drive him there. There. On the way, the two bond. While out at a restaurant, that's not spell that, the two have a great fun discussing things and joking. Back at the Simpsons house, Marge is having a garage sale, a pathetic B story. Then Bart escapes and makes Homer look like a thief. Homer drives off to find Bart. He almost drives off a cliff thanks to hitchhiking Bart distracting him. Bart refuses to save him as apparently Homer hasn't been very nice to him, even though he clearly has. Homer goes back, rescues him, drives him to Las Vegas, and to close, we hear that Bart has got Homer arrested and ran 
Kavanaugh. Marge has been, has been arrested for selling drugs. Lisa will start work in the morning. The end. 100% awful. I can't believe so many people enjoyed this when it's clearly a terrible piece of work that I'll never want to see again. Homer is not the enemy. He was the protagonist through the whole thing. And Bart is not the victim. Bart deserves to go to a torturing military school for the rest of his life. This episode is not a classic. It is murder. Strong words there. Dark Drapion 57. The pathetic B story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the pathetic B story. <laughs> I'm not saying it's pathetic B story, but uh, it's pretty, uh, it's like what, three frames essentially. But um, yeah, this guy's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pizza. Anyways, um, I, I have one that's different. Okay. That's more of a positive one. How about that? That sounds like fun. It's from uh, Tubula Kane 420. Nice. And they posted this on uh, June 27th, 2007, so relatively close to when this episode aired. And uh, they titled A Newer Classic 10. <laughs> I didn't think this episode was that funny when I first saw it, but I've watched it a few dozen times, and it's worked its magic on me. Huh, you must be a 130 Simpsons podcast, uh, podcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a few dozen times. Yeah. After Bart moistens the school, Principal Skinner makes Bart go to a special camp for badly behaved children, which is in Oregon. Oh. Yeah. On the trip there, Bart expresses a dissatisfaction with Homer, Homer's parenting, so Homer tells Bart how unhappy he is with his own life. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Marge and Lisa, meanwhile, hold a yard sale, which doesn't pick up until the customers find the family's old prescription medication. Uh, oh, sorry. Med- medicine. I like this episode because it doesn't have jokes shoehorned in like most Simpsons episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when sitcoms shoehorn in jokes, Steve. That's a, that's annoying. Always um, trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead, entertains with good vocal performances and wonderfully crafted animation and expression of and poses. Steve, are you sure this isn't one of us that reviewed this? Because that's how <laughs> we end up like we talk about how oh the poses, the animation. <laughs> I know. Um, it's not instantly a laugh out loud funny, but it also doesn't have as much as the hit and miss quality of other episodes. <laughs> this person should be doing our podcast because that's essentially. <laughs> How yeah. we talk about the Simpsons. Tubula Kane, come on by. And he's got 420 because we're 420 friendly on this podcast. That's right. <laughs> Wait, that might be us. Isn't that <laughs> my uh isn't that my Reddit name? Tubula Kane 420? <laughs> I don't know. Uh <laughs> Hey, there were some fun reviews. Uh, I think it's time for um, a little segment we like to call Our Reviews. Our Reviews, yes. I'll go ahead and start here. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I might have to decide on the Tubal Cane 420 on this episode because I'm kind of glad they put some jokes in this episode. No, um, I think it's been a nice kind of change from what we've reviewed in the past like few episodes here. I like getting down to... Uh, you know, the classic uh, Bart and Homer storylines and, uh, you know, Marge and Lisa get a little thing. So, you know, it's that fun uh, one A story and B story. It's not uh, not one whole thing. And uh, getting Homer to actually be a parent uh, and not being, you know, a dumbass the entire episode and him really concerned and, you know, wanting the best for his kid. It's it's nice to see that. Bart being a hellion, I enjoy seeing that again. The fun little thing with Marge was and, you know, selling trucks was, was kind of dark, but I kind of dug it. Yeah. You know, it's she thought she was just, you know, what, what are we going to do with this old estrogen pills? And, 
you know, these these drugs, uh, eh, just sell it. And if it's expired, it, it's not going to even get most expired medica- medication is won't, won't do anything to you because it's expired. And what's it going to do? Give you diarrhea, yeah. maybe? I don't know. So have you ever taken expired medication? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah no, I don't I, think I have either. And if I have it, I'm still here. Yeah, you're fine. So kids, if you find some medication, <laughs> take it. Just take it. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> you might become president of the United States. There we go. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it's like I'm implying something. Um, oh, back to the review. I do, of course, love the Oregon references. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's some like fun little runs here. Uh, the ending was abrupt and weird. And uh, I'm still trying to process that, but I thought it was funny. All in all, I guess I gotta say it was a uh, you know it's not the best that we've reviewed. I think it's like in the middle. Like I would probably watch this episode again, maybe if I was in, you know on um, on some expired medication, <laughs> just to uh, just to laugh and chuckle because there's some great set pieces in this, and uh, you know I love the restaurant scene and the Homer going off on how he wants he's gonna kill the enti- Bart's entire family and uh, the bargaining with that it was great. You know it's a uh, uh, I'm trying to think the, the negative is is the the, I, you know the the first reviewer there, uh, Dark Drapey and Fifty Seven. The even though I thought some of the, the the B plot with with Marge and Lisa was you know it was weird and shoehorned in a way that I think they didn't they couldn't flesh out the entire Bart and Homer line storyline because that could have been the entire episode. So uh, with that being said, um, I recommend watching it. And uh, Skinner at the beginning of the episode has a 1995 Toyota Camry. So out of 1,995, I'll give this episode a uh, uh, 1,776, The Birth of Our Nation. Beautiful. So, Craig, you've done it to me again. Did I take your uh, score? No, actually, surprisingly not. I have one in my back pocket. But this is one of those occurrences where at first I didn't like this episode. And then I watched it several times to make notes. Maybe not a couple dozen like Tubula came to. 420 but i did watch it a few times and it warmed up on me and then you know when we were reviewing it and talking about it i kind of loved it is it a perfect episode no far from it but i think that's kind of why it works is because it's not an important episode it's a really kind of middling episode but it works in that way because it's just bart and homer having jokes and having good scenes together and yeah the b plot is a little hasty and thrown together but i don't know it's kind of cool to see marge being a drug dealer i'd like to see more of that (laughs) Like, I'm just imagining the, the writer's room is like, they have that pitch of uh, Bart has to go to like an obedience school or, whatever, or like a camp. And they're like, uh, well, what's uh, what's Lisa and Marge going to be doing? <laughs> and like just someone like, like I'll say, we'll say Kevin Coran, who wrote the episode. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Marge sells drugs. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, um, we can't make Marge a drug dealer. All right, fine. It's like expired like medication. <laughs> All right, <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought that the moments with Bart and Homer like laughing together was really sweet. And I think it speaks to kind of their relationship because they don't solve everything, but they kind of reach an understanding. And, you know, there's moments when in other episodes where Bart is a uh, Marge's special little guy and they love each other and they're like, they have an understanding. But here we saw Bart and Homer kind of bonding, usually over other people's suffering, but still they kind of understood each other a little bit better than when they started. And so, and also the Oregon stuff was fun. So I would say, you know, maybe don't, you don't have to seek this episode out, but if it's on, I would definitely suggest watching it. And so I'll have you know that, you know, you mentioned the birth of our nation. Oregon happened to be the 32nd state in our nation. So out of 32 states, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to go about 
a little bit more than halfway, and I'm going to give it a 17 out of 32. That's the 17 out of 32. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not the best, but yeah, I'll have you know that uh, the 17th state was actually Ohio. Interesting. Which uh, has Columbus as the capital, and they're going to rename it Flavortown. Nice. I mean, I hope they do. Yeah, I mean, that's, I want a statue of Guy Fieri more than I want a statue <laughs> of that. Right. Hey. Hey. Steve, I feel like we've, uh, this episode, the format has been a little different, and I think we have a little bit more time here. The studio is allowing us to, to stay on. It's nice of them. I have a weird uh, suggestion. Oh. How will we pitch an episode? Well, we haven't done that in many a day, but I like it. All right. Let's have some fun here. All right, Steve. Um, if you're a new listener here, back in the day, I know it's been a while, I think, that uh, we used to play some games on this podcast or, you know, just talk Simpsons and have fun doing that. <laughs> that sounds like we're not having fun anymore, but we are having fun. <laughs> episodes run longer and things like that but i feel like from time to time we take the wheel of random which is a different wheel of random that finds our episodes and it's our character wheel of random and we will take four characters two main simpsons family members and then uh, two springfieldians and uh, we'll spin and find out which these characters are and then we have to come up with the story we can use all four characters in one story or we can use two for an a plot and then two for a b plot or three for an a plot and one for a b plot doesn't matter it's as long as those characters are used we can also utilize other characters because you know that's how you do it yeah <laughs> we're an episode um so here we go um steve let's uh spin our simpsons wheels of characters Alrighty. uh let's start with the uh, simpsons proper and we'll spin for our main character or our primary simpsons characters All right so here we go we got lisa lisa all right we'll spin again for one more and her mother marge lisa and marge the ladies of the simpsons back counting maggie and uh let's uh see if we can get some other springfieldians uh let's try for some extra curricular characters or whatever you you know what i mean we got groundskeeper willie oh groundskeeper willie all righty and let's spin one more time for one more character We've got, oh, Lenny. Good old Lenny. All right. So, Diva, uh, to uh, not uh, waste the listener's time, we're going to pause and then uh, think of something and then Mm. come back and uh, come up with an episode. All right. I'm going to hit the pause button. And we're back. All right. That was a good break. So my story begins like this. There is a um, a lot vacant on uh, 742 at Evergreen. or not 740. No, Evergreen Head Terrace. There's, there's a vacant lot, like an acre, right? Mm-hmm. Of just, you know, nothing. Nothing's built there. It's just grass. So Lisa is walking with her mother, Marge. All right, maybe the whole family's walking. That's fine. And uh, she suggests that they um, talk to the city that owns that land, since no one's developing on or whatever, that they turn it into a, uh, a neighborhood community garden. So uh, Marge and Lisa go to the city council and uh, they get it approved. And so all like the green thumbs of, of Springfield, which include groundskeeper Willie, um, Lenny, Carl, Miss um, Hoover. Um, I'm just throwing some names out there. Uh, but they decide to uh, to start building a, a, a garden. It, it, have you ever been to like neighborhoods that have like that community garden or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. So, like there's some suburban areas or just neighborhoods that have like there's a land where the neighbors come and plant things and you know it's a community garden right so as uh, they're kind of like the groups get together and to to do things uh start talking up conversations and, and lanny uh he notices uh miss hoover oh 
Yeah, and they start uh, getting a little friendship. And then meanwhile, when, you know, Lenny's not there, uh, Groundskeeper Willie kind of has a thing for uh, Miss Hoover as well. Oh. So, figuring out how to uh, to woo Miss Hoover, Groundskeeper Willie goes to Lisa for some advice since uh, Miss Hoover's her, is the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, just, uh, you know, how's Willie going get, to get some uh, good old Hoover sucking action, right? Right. <laughs> and then meanwhile... Lenny, who's, uh, I guess, divorced now. I mean, do we even know that if he still is married or... Yeah, who knows? Let's assume he's divorced. So uh, Lenny, um, only really knowing Marge, goes to Marge to ask to, to help him try to, to win over Miss Hoover. So it kind of becomes a, uh, what's that, uh, Roxanne. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the guy with the big nose. Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tom Bergeron. Yeah, yeah right. So dancing with the stars. Right. Oh, too soon, man. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that's the story that uh, they go on. You know, each kind of goes on a date with Miss Hoover, and uh, you know, uh, so Lisa helps out Groundskeeper Willie, and Marge helps out Lanny, and uh, then there becomes like some fisticuffs between Lanny and uh, Groundskeeper Willie, like fighting mm. over her, and then the ser- or the episode just ends with uh, Hoover like, I don't want either of you now i'm going with my third choice and it's carl and uh, nice and Miss Hoover start dating <laughs> see i told you my episodes suck <laughs> no I, I thought that was good um i like the way it took shape and actually I'm, I'm noticing a lot of similarities kind of in my own thing but it's different all right well let's uh, hear yours yeah yours is really good though so mine lisa inspired by reading uh the book the secret garden decides <laughs> to start garden of her own and she creates a horticulture society at springfield elementary and she uses or she gets the help of springfield's own groundskeeper willie who's very knowledgeable about flowers and plant life. And so they build this beautiful garden and they create a friendship. Meanwhile, Marge, bored by Homer's antics and Lisa new interest in gardening and Bart being into the uh, millhouse or whatever, <laughs> whatever happens that week, uh, wants to do something of her own. And so she sees this painting of Ringo that she drew so many years ago, decides that she wants to start teaching an art class. And her star student, or should I say pupil, is Lenny, who has created a wacky new technique of painting with his eyeballs even though he's not supposed to get things in them <laughs> and he finds that he uses like natural organic uh compounds and then he dips his eyes in those compounds and then rubs his eyes on the canvas to create beautiful artwork that would be a really gross visual scene but very beautiful it sounds painful yeah it turns out that this rare flower uh creates the most beautiful shade of lilac nope that's already a flower never mind beautiful shade of green that no one has ever seen before and there's only only one place in Springfield to find it. Where do you find it? Lisa's secret garden. Oh. So Lenny steals the flowers from Lisa's garden, which upsets Willie, who's come defensive uh, of Lisa. And so they fight. <laughs> and Lisa and Bart, or sorry, Lisa and Marge kind of fight too. But eventually at the end, they realize that there's a place for beauty, a place for art, and a place for nature. And they live happily ever after. But Lenny and groundskeeper Willer, Willie are now like sworn enemies. <laughs> It is funny how we both had the uh, groundskeeper really okay, uh, lawn maintenance. Uh, he's going to grow <laughs> something. So we had that same like garden type thing. Yeah. And I also like how ours also ended with Lenny and groundskeeper who are getting into the fisticuffs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yours was sweet too. Like I, I thought it was ending with uh, a nice like little saccharin of a, a, a scene of uh, art and the garden coming together and like yeah. Lenny's thing. But then Lenny and I was going to say Lenny and Squiggy keep fighting on. Like, <laughs> 
but I would uh, also like to see that. <laughs> hey, that's kind of fun. Yeah, ours ours was a little similar, but uh, I think I like yours more. So I don't know. I like yours. It's uh, very solid. It's really good. All right. Well, that was fun pitching episodes. Um, how about we actually find out what we're watching next week? All righty, Craig. It sounds like a plan. And to do that, we'll need our other wheel of random. So uh, let's spin to see what season we are in. Ba-doop. Season 16. Season 16. And let's spin to see that episode. You'll never guess it, Steve. It's also episode 16. 16, 16. Hmm. Don't fear the roofer. Weird. We kind of mentioned this. Um, hey, oh, hey, look, it was written by uh, Kevin Curran, who just wrote this episode. Oh, interesting. We're doing a Kevin Curran back-to-back, apparently. Nice. So it uh, aired originally May 1st, 2005, and uh, so uh, the Simpsons' roof springs a leak when the perfect storm hits Springfield. And when Marge asked what type of father can't uh, keep a roof over his the family's head, Homer tries to fix things up but falls through the roof when then, uh, things get a little fuzzy. Steve, I believe this is the episode with Ray Romano. Wait. Ray Romano. There you go. <laughs> Sorry in advance next week for all of that you're going to yeah, hear. There's going to be a lot of Ray Romano Steve voices. Um, I do remember this episode and uh, I remember it fondly. Yep, there's one joke in particular that I love that I cannot wait to see. All right. I am looking, definitely looking forward to watching this episode. Isn't it like a milestone episode or? I think it might be. It is. It is the 350th episode. Oh, that's kind of a milestone, I guess. Yeah. Fortunately, we'll never get to 350 episodes. Let's <laughs> hope not. This is 351 on. Oh, so it was advertised as the 350th episode but it's actually 351 because one episode was shelved because Pope John Paul II died and I think it had uh, some religious overtones so they shelved it. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, well, thanks again for listening. Hey, we do have some uh, couple of designs up at uh, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys and you can always contact us on social medias at 13simpsons with on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always email us at 13simpsons at gmail.com and if you you're so kind uh, go to your favorite podcasting pod catching app and write a review and leave us five stars or whatever is equivalent and you know you can leave your favorite quote i bet my wookie or you can just ask ask us a question whatever you want it's fine all right for this week i've been half an annoyed grunt boy craig and i've been your other half annoyed grunt boy steve and remember keep watching the skis black lives matter and wear a goddamn mask i sure hope somebody got fired for that blunder wear your mask black lives matter thanks so much with something.